0: And I know this sounds strange, but when I see a full rehab and process with a horse and I see where they turn that corner, it's the strangest thing I see in the field. I'll put them out in the field and they'll turn and look at me almost as if they're saying thank you. So that's what keeps us going because they appreciate it and that, that makes it worthwhile.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Interesting People Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sharon Burrier and Danny Burrier, the president and vice presidents of Rocky's Horse Rescue and Rehabilitation. How's it going, you two? Good. Going great. How'd you get your start in that? By accident. I
0: was taking a 10-year hiatus from the horses from riding. I've been riding since I was three and uh, because we were raising a family. I started riding my girlfriend's horses, went to the auction, bought a horse by accident. His name's Rocky. He's a knucklehead. But from there, bought another horse at an auction. And then online again, they were getting rid of a horse. His name, we called him Chance. He was owned by a kill buyer. And the kill buyer didn't want to sell him because he was afraid he would hurt somebody because the horse had been beaten so bad. He did end up selling him to us. Chance cost me $75. And Chance was severely abused. It took years of rehab to get him to where he didn't have to have a halter on or anything to catch him. Terrified of most people... I could ride him anywhere. It took two years, and he started letting Danny ride him, but that was about it. Nobody else could ride him. He would get really anxious. He never never missed a beat. He was the best trail horse I've ever ridden, and that's just kind of where it started. They just kept coming.
1: How long has Rocky's been open?
0: Five years unofficially, four years officially.
1: And I know from when we talked earlier, you guys have been married for 21 years, so horses came into it after you guys have known each other for quite a while, right?
0: Horses came into it when he met me. I was still in the horse's. We had horses together. And then, with having the boys, I just couldn't do everything. So, they were putting good homes, sold all of our tack. And then I was struggling with my oldest son, running to a girlfriend up at the store, and she said, Come ride my horse. You'll feel better. And then it just
2: went back from there.
1: So, Danny, do you have a background with horses?
2: No, I grew up on a dairy farm. Usually, dairy people and horse people are two different people.
1: How does a horse person meet a dairy person then?
2: Shooting pool. <laughs>
1: Do you take every kind of horse? What kind of horses end up there?
0: Ironically, we have more paints than anything else, but we do take a little bit of everything. I do not discriminate against a horse or a donkey or a mule in need.
1: So a mule, that is a a breed of a horse and a donkey, right? Correct. How often do you run into mules? We just picked one up Saturday. Really? Yes.
0: We've had five or six mules over the years.
1: Is taking care of a mule different than that of a donkey or a horse?
2: Their personalities
1: are much different. They're very intelligent,
2: more so than a horse. They always say a mule or a donkey is smarter. They will work till they get exhausted and they stop, where a horse will work till it drops to the ground.
1: What is horse rehab like? What goes into that?
2: A lot of time. We can talk about Surrey from
0: last year. Horses come in with body scores of one or below. There's a refeeding program we follow very strictly. When a horse comes in starved, they can't process the normal foods that you would give a normal horse. You have to start them back five, six, seven small meals a day. A lot of vetting goes into it. We have a volunteer vet, farrier work, dentistry. Those things are all normally in the first 30 days of having a horse come into the rescue.
1: When you receive a horse, in crisis?
2: Yes. Some's mentally, some's physically. You can get some, you would look at it and say, well, that's a, you know, a normal, healthy horse. But it could have been beaten, or we've had some that's been in trailer accidents that's terrified of that. Or you get horses that are terrified of men or terrified of women. You know, it, it's a lot of things.
1: Do you get any warning, or is that something you guys just need to figure out and assess?
2: <laughs> they don't come with their nurse manuals.
1: It would be nice if they did.
0: We have one horse that we picked up back in the spring. His name's Dakota. Beautiful champagne-colored Missouri Foxtrotter. When my vet or our trainer, Jimmy, goes into the stall with him, Dakota would shy away from him, move away, shake. I go into the stall with him. He's perfectly fine. Now with Dakota, five months into his rehab, I think he's doing much better with men and women alike. But he's still timid with men. So he's one, when we're ready to get him adopted, that he will have to be placed with a woman. You can't change everything, but you can at least help them overcome as much as humanly possible. A
1: farrier, that's uh, horseshoeing, right? Yes, that's our dean. How important are the horseshoes? Is that something just for horses that need to do... Like performance, or is it good for a horse to be shooed?
0: That's a tough topic anymore. We're completely barefoot with our horses. Some horses require shoes, like your thoroughbreds. A lot of times we'll require them because they have softer feet. It just depends on the horse. When we had Solomon come in, a big Clydesdale, his hooves were so soft, it was like poking on your hand. Now they're as hard as a rock, so he doesn't require shoes anymore. But it took proper nutrition to get him to that point.
1: A hoof can be kind of weakened through It's nutrition. like your nails. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And like your, Yes.
2: And their feet has to do with how some people trail ride. Mm-hmm. If you're on soft ground all the time, most horses can go barefoot. But if you get into a rocky ground, some people mm-hmm. like to ride in the mountains. Well, a lot of times they need front shoes on them just for a little added protection on their front feet. And they've come out with neat things now. They have clip-on boots and just pick their foot up and clip a boot on it and go. And then when you're done, you just pop it back mm-hmm. off and...
1: New horse tech going on oh, there. Yeah. There is a oh, lot yeah. of new technology. You guys also have like really tiny horses as well. Are those ponies or those actually small horses? Are you minis. talking
0: about Nutmeg and Nemo?
1: Yes, they're minis.
0: <laughs> they're miniature horses.
1: So that's as big as they're going to get.
0: Nemo might be full size. He might not get much bigger. He's actually a donkey, and he's quite the character. And his buddy is Nutmeg, and he was born six weeks ago. So he's nowhere near full size. But he is a miniature horse, so he's not going to be very big either. His mother stands at 36 inches.
2: He was 23 inches when he was born.
1: I saw a picture of you just holding him like he was a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Nemo. Are those just for show? What do you do with a mini horse? Uh,
0: They're for show. They're for play. People use them for driving. They're actually coming out with miniature dressage shows now.
1: Oh, that's... That's incredible.
0: There's a lot of interesting things that you can do with the mini. They're using them for therapy.
2: Know somebody that takes them to nursing homes. Well, they are using them for like service animals because a dog, you want to get X amount of years out of it where you can get miniature donkeys and that kind of stuff where they can get 20, 25 years out of them. And they're a little bit stronger than a dog. So they're starting to use them for that kind of stuff now.
1: A horse can make it to the late 20s, right?
2: Late
0: 20s, 30s. It's just like with human development. The technology, again, with nutrition, you've got horses living into their 40s and 50s. It's not as common, but I would say close to
1: 30 when
0: I was growing up at 20 couple years old a horse was done mm-hmm. not anymore
1: how old is the average horse that reaches a rescue are you doing like sub tens or teens
2: a lot of them you see come through the sales are mid-teens people think when they get to mid-teens they're done they have no life left in them they still have a lot of life in them but a lot of people they just don't want an older horse because they're thinking okay well it's only got five ten years left in it and i'll be this old i don't want to have to train a new horse so everybody wants a younger horse to keep oh, refreshed. A yeah. It is, because we have some amazing 18-year-old horses standing
0: around that nobody wants. Superb trail riding horses. They could do ring work. A lot of people do fun shows. They could still, for many years, do that.
1: What are the goal outcomes? Because I know that you have some lifers at the rescue. Like, Where do you want these horses to end up? Is it trail riding? Where, where are some of the places you'd hope for them to go?
0: We had a horse that come through last year. His name was Lucky, and he was adopted to northern Pennsylvania by my friend Ann. He is a fourth-level dressage horse. I bought him at the auction as is. He needed cleaned up. He needed some TLC and some rehab. And it took five months around there to get him to the point where he could be adopted. So our goal with any of them is to find them forever homes and for people to work through issues with the horse. Because, again, we don't have backgrounds on these horses. You know, I can't guarantee the training of any horse because they have their own minds. The biggest thing is to work through the issues and to get them their forever homes. And that's where it starts with any one of them.
1: Are there any other real good success stories you think of?
0: Sunshine. She's 25 now. Brenda brought her granddaughter to the rescue Father's Day of two years ago. And the little girl was six years old. Sunshine was with Lucky. So we assumed they were in the same pen at the auction. We assumed that Sunshine would have been who's ever first horse. And then they graduated to Lucky because they're both very well-trained. And they were very bonded This little six-year-old girl, Abby, gets up and rides this mare, and she is now 25 years old, and the little girl is still riding her. She's jumping her now, and I'm like, wow, you know, here's this 25-year-old horse, and this eight-year-old girl still riding every day. Mama would be another one. Huge Belgian mare. She's with a friend of ours, Ray. She came in a body score of one. You know what was wrong? Starved, skin and bones, nothing to this mare. It was her teeth. She couldn't eat. She couldn't. Chew got her teeth done, and this mare just blew up like a balloon. Huge Belgian mare. Hmm. Ray could ride that mare anywhere. And then you've got Blue, his wife has. They're a couple, and they adopted from us. You know, Blue is now also, I think, around 25. Who has, She has a heart murmur, but she has a permanent life with Mel and Ray. And they're very well taken care of. And matter of fact, Mel just became a repeat offender again and took another one of our horses. <laughs> There's a lot of success stories, but there are some that stick out more than others
2: they're all success stories. Exactly. If you get them back out the door then that's the that's the ultimate goal is to get them rehabbed and In a forever home. And and make them flourish. And we
0: follow our horses after the adoptions. We follow them very closely. We use social media. We do home visits and to protect our animals. Peanuts, another one. She was adopted and it wasn't working out in her home. The girl wasn't taking the best care of her. She's now being ridden by a seven-year-old boy. Beautiful buckskin mare. But she is 18 years old and she's starting to get some arthritis. And nobody wants that because it's a little bit of maintenance, a little bit of money each month. Just like you take Motrin. You know, Mm -hmm. similar with the horses, something that she might have to be on every day. But she's in a perfect home, and she looks amazing. And her owner, JC, always sends me the pictures and videos, and it's wonderful
1: seems like in the past or like one of the issues that horses have is that they can easily, for such a big creature, they can fall through the cracks.
0: Last year, one of our not-so-happy stories, a girl had adopted foal from us. She was five months old. I got a call from another rescue friend said someone said there was some thin horses on that property. It had only been four months. So we go over. The foal left with us. She was being starved to death. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we brought her home, and she's still at the rescue because I'm a little nervous. She's had a hard start in life. She was born at the rescue.
2: She got permanent damage from it.
0: Yeah, that's four months. That's typical time for me to go out and check on a horse. Just that quick. Somebody just decides, oh, I don't want to take care of you today. I don't know how people can stand around and watch an animal starve in their yard mm-hmm. or their back, you know, feeding them, not feeding them, and watching them die, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how people can do it.
1: You said body score a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a
2: good body score? And what's the general idea of that? One through ten.
0: And ten is a— That's probably too heavy. Yeah. Like Ten, ten is overweight. Okay. But,
2: you know, it's just, just like people, whether you're good and healthy or extremely thin. And number one is a skeleton and a hide. Oof. That's all they are. And then, you know, you go one, one and a half, two. So you just keep—you look for like a seven, eight. That's a ideal weight horse, something mm. like that. We had Surrey last year that she was a one. I don't even know if you'd want to give her a one. And she was so weak that she collapsed. Mm. We had her in a sling and she collapsed. And we was all ready to throw the towel in on her that she Mm. couldn't even process the food. Her body was just eating itself. And we gave her one more boost and she got on her feet. And we left her hanging a sling for a couple days and got stuff back in her. And now she's flourished, living out in the mountains in Tennessee.
1: Running a horse, this is like this is work that needs to be done. Is the what's the toll of it like emotionally? Working on that
0: exhausting. I think sometimes we get cold to it mm-hmm. because when you go out to these places, like we did last Saturday, we just picked up four from another rescue, and three of the four body scores are not very good. We've been to what we call quarantine facilities, and last year, and beautiful horses not being fed properly, you know, not being taken care of. They need wormed. They need vetting. Farrier work done. It is exhausting. But what makes it worth it, and I know this sounds strange, but when I see a full rehab in process with a horse and I see where they turn that corner, it's the strangest thing I see in the field. I'll put them out in the field, and they'll turn and look at me, almost as if they're saying thank you. That's what keeps us going because they
2: appreciate it. That makes it worthwhile. I can say nothing surprises me anymore. Oof. Not in the rescue nothing. world. You see it all. Mm. Just when you think you've seen it all, you see something else, and some days you're just numb to it.
0: There's backyard breeders. There's wannabe horse people that get these horses, just like I was talking about Isabella. You know, we took her back within four months of being adopted. Why is the biggest question. One thing I think I would like to see in the horse world in Maryland, because Maryland's really stepping up to the plate where slaughter is concerned and taking a stand. One thing I would like to see is the quarantine facilities and the rescues inspected, but actually be governed and have rules and regulations because there are none anybody can start a rescue doesn't mean they can care for those horses and we see a lot of that
1: how long does it really take to learn everything you need to know about a horse is that like a lifelong thing? you never do
2: you're always
0: learning there's always something new
2: When we get these emaciated horses in, this one isn't like this one, isn't like this one. So you may do this with this one, but this one over here, you have to do something completely different. You know, it's just you're constantly adjusting.
0: And that is why the group of professionals that we work with... You know, we have a volunteer vet. He's incredible. He's always on call for us. We have a farrier because hoof work is always a big need. And dentistry is the huge thing also. You know, in the old days when I was growing up, having a horse's teeth floated, I think I can remember one being done in all my years on horses, where now it's it's a yearly thing our horses are done yearly. You know, the rescue horses, a lot of them, like we have two in quarantine right now for somebody. And the old guy, his teeth were so bad, he couldn't even process his food. Now that his teeth have been halfway done, it's a process sometimes, he's gaining weight. Mm -hmm. and one week, we could see a huge difference. In rescue work, you have to surround yourself with the right people. And that's with your professionals, your board members, and your professionals are the strength of your rescue.
1: I guess I want to clear up a misconception I think everyone thinks of. A horse is not done when its leg is broken, right? Yes, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah, they don't
2: heal.
0: The blood doesn't flow through their legs like it does ours. So if they break their leg, that's it. And you got to think, average horse, what, a 1,000 pounds, standing on that leg. Yeah, okay. You can't put that horse on the couch for six weeks. Does that make sense? Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. no, so now that seemed like something that would be a misconception, but that makes total sense when you describe it like that.
2: Yeah and a horse carries 60% of its weight on its front legs.
1: So they front load a little bit. Yes. Man.
2: Yes. A lot of misconception with horses is a lot of people if you're not a horse person is intimidated by them because they're such a large animal. They can hurt people. He got kicked and, in the head. And they're intimidated by mm-hmm. them. You know, they don't understand the animal. Just like some breeds of dogs if you don't understand them.
0: And that's where again we surround ourselves the proper people helping us Jimmy Wagner Mm -hmm. is our trainer and we're always learning he is also you know when we bring volunteers in i'm holding a volunteer orientation this sunday those volunteers will work with me and jimmy in the round pen with Mm -hmm. a specific horse because we need consistency that's one of the biggest issues too with horses is consistency that all handlers are doing the same yeah it's gonna be a little bit different but generally the same concept training is a huge issue with rescue work you have to have a trainer because if you don't you know a lot as we were talking like Mm -hmm. dakota you know He's not one that somebody off the street can fix. He's going to require a level of training that most don't get to be able to get past his issues. As Danny was saying, you know, with his head, he got kicked in the head. These are a 1,000-pound animals. They have a mind of their own. They will spook. They will bite. They will kick. They will run you over. It's a daily thing. You learn how to work around them. And one of the biggest things with horses is you have to be bigger than the horse mm-hmm. in your mind because it's a mind game. And if you treat them properly, they'll give you everything they've got.
1: We've talked a lot about some of the like serious and darker aspects of this, but I'd love to know some of the things that you guys enjoy. Do you trail ride? What are some things you do to enjoy horses?
0: Trail ride and, ironically, just being around them. Mm -hmm. Listening to them eat, watching the transformations that they make when they come out of the kill pen. They're scared. Horses aren't dumb. They know what's going on. They know something's not right. You know, we live in a throwaway society, and that's a big issue with horses. For example, we were talking about Sunshine and Lucky. They were tossed in a field and just completely neglected because they weren't needed anymore. And instead of people understanding when they buy this horse that it's a lifetime commitment, just as it is with any animal. But these horses live longer than the dogs or the cats. And that's, that's yeah. a major like, issue.
2: They go from needed to not needed to unwanted. And then they just sell them to whoever
0: wants them. And that's how a lot of them end up at the kill pen. Eighty percent of the horses, talking with Jimmy the other day, that go through the auction, it's a training issue. Mm -hmm. Somebody just wants a horse, breaks it to ride around their property, but the horse still has issues because it wasn't trained properly. That horse is going to be sold at auction. So if that horse is misbehaving at the auction, the kill buyer gets that horse for $200. That horse is
2: going overseas to be eaten. Majority of horses' issues are their owner's.
1: So if we're looking for ways that people can help, I mean, you guys are taking donations, uh, volunteers? Always. Always.
2: We have
0: a lot of horses. It's always a lot of work. We Mm -hmm. all work full-time to support the rescue. Qualified volunteers and honest volunteers is a hard thing to come by. We do have a handful that we work with that I wouldn't trade for the world. They become family. Because we've seen the darkest hours together, you know, trying to save a horse or happen to end a horse's life for whatever reasons. And you develop a bond with your
2: volunteers volunteers can be someone that just comes and brushes a horse or takes a horse out for a walk you know you get more advanced ones that can come in and help ride horses or or whatever but it's whatever you can offer
1: every little bit helps every little bit helps every little bit well thank you guys for telling me about all this stuff enjoyed this conversation I end every interview with the exact same question I guess we'll go one at a time what has you excited what are you looking forward to
2: I love working with the horses it's a challenge Some days more rewarding than others. I wouldn't trade it for the world. People ask me, why do you do it? I don't know. I like doing it. It's a very rewarding thing to do.
0: Well, we have a few events coming up we're looking forward to at the Montgomery County Fair and at the Maryland State Fair. Mm -hmm. We'll be hosting our first fall festival this year with a tax sale with it. That'll be fun. Have a lot of little kids come in and paint some horses and pumpkins and whatever else. (laughs) As Danny said, the best part is the reward when you can rehab them. That's the reward if they can find their own homes.
1: That's amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Thank Thank you. you.